Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, David Begin of Begin Insights. Hey, Car Wash Nation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Car Wash, the podcast. How's everybody doing out there? This is part two of a conversation I had with Dave Edwards, owner of Car Wash on the Hamlin Highway in Northeast Pennsylvania. Great conversation about self-service and in-bay automatics. So if you haven't listened to that first episode, go ahead and go up a week and listen to that, and that'll give you some context for this particular episode. So without further ado, here's David Edwards and myself talking about self-serves and in-bay automatics. You know, you decided to be in the self-serve and in-bay automatic business. What is it about the model that you enjoy? The in-bay automatic just provides exactly that. It's a convenience to the customer, but we don't limit ourselves to just doing that because there's also so many folks that still like to do it themselves in a self-wash bay. So, you know, we've also made sure that in our self-wash base. So we have, I think we have eight selections of products on our coin button boxes. And, you know, we've installed handheld air dryers in there to keep them in the bay longer, but they feel that. And I think our whole drive has been, you know, it may sound cliche-ish, but we want to make the experience better than your driveway. You could spend 15 minutes trying to take the tools and the vacuum and roll out the hose before you even get to washing your car. And then, you know, from an ecological standpoint of view, you open a spigot on a hose and that's 16 gallons a minute. You know, it's washing your car, but it's running down the driveway. From an ecological standpoint of view, our consumption of water for delivery in the car wash business is so much less. So what someone can get done in five minutes at a car wash is also doing something good for the environment. I agree with that. I think you know, and a lot of people don't think about that when they're washing their car in the driveway, you know, that that dirt is going somewhere and it's not going somewhere that, you know, they don't really understand. I think the most people in the general public don't understand what storm sewers do. They think storm sewers go back to the, to the wastewater plant and gets cleaned up, but, you know, they don't realize it gets taken down to the stream directly. And, you know, I just could never wash my car very well by myself. I mean, it's just so much easier for me to let the machine do it. And then I'll spend the next five minutes kind of touching things up and drying it off and taking a look at it. And then by then I've got a perfectly, I've got a car that I love. Listen, whether it's the automatics, whether it's the self-pay, you know, with all the air-driven amenities that we have, we're, we're providing a higher level of service through our equipment or a higher level of efficiency to clean your car better. Your garden hose is only going to do so much when you put your thumb on the nozzle or put the nozzle on it, you know, but it's never going to have 500 PSI. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And you, you know, you can't figure out, do you wash like a quarter of it and then you rinse it off? And, you know, I could never, by the time I, I washed it, I was washing it and washing, washing it. And then the soap dried on the other end of the car, if it was a warm day. So I, I could never figure out how to do it. I think our model lends itself to that experience, but also, you know, our market up here doesn't call for 
a full service or an express situation, it would be an upside down investment to do that in this immediate market that I serve. So we're doing our best to give the consumer a great washing experience at a fair price. Mm-hmm. So obviously one of the advantages of that model is the, you know, the lack of need for a big employee staff. So what, how do you staff your car washes? We're fortunate at the Hamlin location. We have an outbuilding that's a two-bay detail shop, which is operated and leased by a person here in town that when we opened up, you know, we invited him to lease his business there. So he works part-time for us, but he runs his own business. But it gives me the opportunity at the Hamlin location that I have five to six hours a day, eyes and ears on the property. You know, he performs the menial duties of trash and checking on chemistry to make sure we're topped off. And if there's some sort of kerfuffle with a machine, he's learned enough in the last five years to be able to unwind it. Or if a consumer gets cockeyed in the in-bay automatic, you know, he's there to get them out, send them back around. It's really a part-time employee thing. At our Holly site, our guy from Hamlin, when we first opened, was running back and forth because you really only need at a self-serve a couple hours of attention a day and then maybe spend a Saturday there, but half of your Saturday is public service, good customer service, you know, being there representing your business, but also doing a little bit of the deep dive maintenance for the week and just double checking everything. And so we were very fortunate and we hired a high school student. So he works a couple hours a day. It was intended to be after school until this pandemic hit and there was no school, but he's still coming in six days a week, a couple hours a day. And I found that to be, this is our second high school student we've taken from age 16 to about 18. And though it's beneficial for us and it's not all about janitorial duties or, you know, those things is I try to have the guys work with me on Saturday when I'm doing some of the the deeper maintenance, you know, they're learning a little bit of mechanical skills and whatnot. But we know that once they turn 18 or 19, they're going to move on. So it's a short-term investment, but it's a positive experience for that person. It's a first-time job. It's an opportunity to get on payroll, establish, you know, a credit rating of some sort, not a highly stressful job, not someone looking over you. These guys work independently. They come and go, you know, and they just let me know, hey, I'm going to be in in the afternoon or I'm going to do the morning. And I think it's beneficial, you know, fortunately at the Holly site, we're just about right across the street from the high school. As word gets out that you're hiring local, I think that leaves a good impression in the community. Barbara and I have really focused on how does our business speak for itself beyond its static impression from the curb? And there's multiple ways, but, you know, so employees, a couple hours a day does it, you know, some days are a little bit longer than others, but that's the employee factor. There's times that we have to cover for it, but we're not opposed to it either. I like working at my car wash more for the social experience and interacting with my customers, but it also lets them know that we're invested in it. And the biggest stigma with rural self-serve locations is it's a ghost town. <laughs> you never see an owner. It's like you wonder if they even ever collect the cash. <laughs> so. What I like about what you said is that hiring high school kids, we could never hire high school kids because, you know, we need people to work a shift between six and seven hours and high school kids just don't have the time to do it. 
and they're involved in a lot of activities. But if you can get them to come for two hours or three hours a day, it's much easier to kind of have that type of part-time worker than because we, we really needed more full-time workers in our car wash. Totally understood in that market. And we went to the school and went to the career counselor and said, hey, we have an opening. Here's the job description. Here's the, the pay rate. And here's the expectation. And cliche-ish, but, you know, there was a student that was in auto shop that likes cars and wanted to earn some money to fix up his car. And he came to work for us. The one thing is, is he's, he doesn't have his driver's license yet. And the school accommodated him in the sense that school lets out around three. There's a big bus schedule there. And I didn't realize this, but there was a second bus schedule that happened at 530 at night. And it was primarily for the kids that were doing whatever extracurricular after school or sports or something like that. And because we hired him through the school, he was allowed to go back to campus and take the late bus home. You know, so when a good plan comes together, it's really nice and rewarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'd love to give those high school kids a chance. I just, you know, I I can't, I'd love for that to be their first job, but you know, in our model, it's just more difficult to to have kids coming in only in the afternoons. And, you know, it's not like a full-serve car wash where you got maybe 10 or 20 people and you can afford to have two or three dryers coming in the afternoon and work or vacuumers. You know, it's a much different different environment. It's a different environment. It's a different price point to cover that overhead because there is a certain expectation of what a self-serve car wash or an NBA automatic should cost, you know, market to market. And same goes for, for the express and the full service market is there is a trend and it goes and it all comes down to what will the market bear? So what are some of the, so say the advantages is you don't have, to have people on site all the time, but what are some of the disadvantages of having self-serves and NBA automatics and aren't manned 24 hours a day? Well, <laughs> That's a great question. I'm going to tell you, you need a lot of faith, a good video camera system, and patience with the public, and be prepared to apologize even if the customer is wrong, you know, and take time to educate your customer. They know they're going to an unmanned site, but in reality, good planning and strategic behind-the-scenes operations is key to letting these sites sit unmanned for for 22 hours of a day, let's say, you know, but be prepared to be on call or or one of the employees needs to be on call. You know, and preparedness is the easy one is is always make sure whoever's, whoever's leaving, you know, that if it looks like the container of chemistry could make it till tomorrow, go ahead and top it off, you know, just in case, because the last thing that you want is your in-bay automatic just spewing water and not delivering something with it or someone goes out to use the wand and you know they think they're getting high pressure soap and they're just getting water and that frustration boils and then the damage control that comes from that leads to unnecessary apologies so it's get out in front of the business. You know, things are going to happen. People are going to bump the machine. People are going to abuse the self-serve equipment or misuse it. And you just, you have to take it with territory. You know, we've had a, a recent situation, much more than normal up here is we're 
consuming a lot of trash. <laughs> and some people don't even get it in to the receptacle. <laughs> and we've had to increase our container pickup, our commercial container pickup, to once a week instead of twice a week. Well, you know, when we looked at it, our vacuum sales were up 100%. So you got to accept the bad for the good that it brings. That's true. I was telling somebody the other day, I didn't think I was in the car wash business. I thought I was in the trash business sometimes because we get so much trash out of people's cars. It's like, what are they doing? Where? Well, exactly. But you know what? I mean, the extra 50 bucks that I made that week on that vacuum station pays twice for the container to be picked up once a week. You know, so it's all relative in margin for what's going on. So just keep up with it. You know, some of the other uneasy parts about this is self-serve sites that aren't well-maintained are often visited. You know, I don't like to use this term, but some of the riffraff that like to wash off motors and things like that and, and grease up those bays is we've found by keeping our, our landscaping, our curb appeal, by cleaning our bays every day that there is a respect level for our facility because people know we take care of it. So it can influence the class of customers to not destroy that, you know, and, you know, our last, our last thing, you know, there was, was one of the first accounts that we set up was, you know, up here in the Northeast area, there's a lot of private communities that have their own public safety security guards that drive around and check on homes in these communities. We have the state troopers. I set up wash card accounts for these people and with the state. And a good set of ambers driving through your facility at random hours of the day keeps a lot of bad people away. And we're doing a public service. You know, we're providing an amenity to to the state troopers and to some of these places that, you know, in their travels of, of their territory, they can bop in, take three, five minutes and run through the automatic. And we provide them a great, you know, a good discount for being there. But it works both ways. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I always like police officers coming through our wash as well, just, you know, coming at random times and I do my best to try to get them free car washes when I could. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, we have to be a licensed vendor to provide services to a state agency. And so we're not able to swing them a free car wash, but we give them a 50% discount and we bill them once a month. And it's a good account to have. I mean, we have one of our state trooper barracks that's about six miles away from the Holly location is doing over 100 washes a month. That's good traffic. That's good traffic for us. That's good. It's good eyes and ears that come with a lot of authority. You know, the unmanned is is really just in a nutshell is you got to be invested. You got to maintain your curb appeal and be out in front of your customer in the sense of be prepared for and don't let a mishap happen, even though it's going to. Yeah. Thank goodness for good video security, you know, video systems. That's really made a big difference in our whole industry. Oh, it has. And it deters a lot. So not not that it deters, but it also, you know, it also minimizes claims. So how do you market your car washes? Much different than tunnels or essentially the same? You know, thing? we've we've found 
that the model of an in-bay automatic mixed with a self-serve bay, our traffic is pretty much dead even every day between how many consumers go through the tunnels versus how many people are out in the bays. So we found from a marketing and and an advertising perspective, we're heavy on social media, Facebook primarily, which, you know, demonstrates the opportunities there. We're also involved with Google's campaign just because Google Maps brings it back to Google businesses. And it's a mild form of social media in and to itself because it allows people to leave reviews or post a picture. My thought on that and my what I want to convey is the whole host of opportunities there from a dollar for a vacuum to, you know, $3 to start in a, in a self-bay to, you know, a dog wash or a touchless automatic. So it's really non-discriminatory, but it's really a, a wide-angle view of what the consumer can expect and be able to do it themselves in some form when they arrive at our property. And we rely heavily on very positive feedback that I haven't had to pay for. <laughs> It is nice. It is nice that, you know, we're running at about 4.8 on Facebook and on Google on customer satisfaction and customer feedback. And, you know, advertising, and, and I know that you're strong in this in that market, I'm a business owner and I have ideas about how I would like to project my business. But actually seeing people's reviews and how they experienced it is a far better impression to the next reader than it is me pontificating about my business. No, I agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. A customer story, customer review is much better than anything we could ever create. I mean, one of the things that we had in it, and it was a great tool, but it got squashed a couple of years ago. I don't remember this. Is uh, You're familiar with Beacons? Yes. The, the truck car wash? Well, no, no. Beacons are these little devices that embed themselves. Like if you're traveling and all of a sudden you're like, I was in Europe, you know, 10 years ago. And all of a sudden a coffee shop that I had passed by and never went into, I started getting emails from. Okay. And and, and so these beacon devices, and there was a couple of different manufacturers were, they're literally the size of a silver dollar, you know, and they're about a quarter of an inch thick. And then Google got on it and they would send you out their version because that would allow them to tie their Google map and geo-tracking together. And when the program was in operations, unfortunately, the FCC did not authorize it to go and it's been a squashed program right here. But because we had this little device in the in-bay automatic and someone was sitting there for five minutes or three minutes or whatever the timing is, it had the opportunity to worm in the computer world's way into someone's iPhone or Droid. And the next time that they opened their search engine, they got a question, how was your experience at the car wash on Hamlin Highway? And it would drive reviews. Unfortunately, that program's not in focus anymore, but that was a really cool boomerang type application with consumer impression. Yeah. Now Google was doing that for a while. I don't know if they're still doing that, but Mm -mm. it's dead. dead. Okay. I loved it because our reviews went up 
of course. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. I think there was a company yeah. called Eddie Stone or Stone Eddie or something like that okay. that was also manufacturing them and could pre-program them for you that would deliver a message for your car wash. But, you know, we've also found, you know, we have bumper stickers up that have the thumbs up from Facebook and our name and encourage people to check in. Sometimes, you know, we wouldn't even see it, but, you know, Susie pulls through the car wash. Hey, this was great. And it broadcasts. And so, so that advertising forum just manifests itself about, I don't want to say peer pressure, but peer awareness through social media platform. Oh, very good. Yeah. No, it's good. I, you know, I, I liked Waze. I, you know, I used to do geofencing with Waze and I, I thought that was a great way to get people when they're driving close to driving by. It is. We use Waze because it's Google and it's part of our packaging. And what we found really cool is like when you get within a quarter of a mile of the wash, a halo or at nighttime, you know, a flashlight comes on and, you know, there's this, this lit circle around the intersection of your business. And the feedback that you get from those is really great because there's impressions, which is just someone scrolled over it. But Waze actually can give you that someone turned into your business and that they were on the property. You know, it's like with radio or newspaper. How many people actually saw your ad? Well, Google and Facebook and, and all of these social platforms and these geo-tracking platforms have made it very easy for, for us business owners to look at our return on investment for the advertising. And it's so economical. I mean, it's like a three cents a click and you get someone to spend $10 and where else are you going to get a return on investment like that? Yeah. There was always a running joke in marketing that, you know, you spend $10,000 in marketing and half of that marketing budget would work, but you didn't know which half. We did it with the radio station. We wanted to see how effective it was to run commercials. So we ran an ad that you could punch in a code at the touchless automatic with the radio station's call numbers. You know, I'd say in the last three years, maybe 15 people have used it. I actually just use it to give people a dollar off when the line gets too long. <laughs> just because I remember the code. <laughs> I love this. You know, you can instantly see what the results are of your marketing programs. Well, I got a couple more questions. I'm gonna let you go, Dave, because I've taken up a lot of your time today. I appreciate all the, the stuff. But touchless or cloth, which one do you like better? I'm a touch-free guy, and this came in our due diligence phase and and also realizing that we are an unmanned site. So a couple of reasons that I like the touchless model is, A, you don't know which one of your consumers is claustrophobic, so you're not going to drive a customer away because of their phobias. You know, and two, it really it minimizes risks, and I'm not going to say that a touchless hasn't you know, engaged a vehicle or done some damage. I, I've had a couple of incidents myself. They're computers and they don't have eyes or sometimes their eyes are closed. <laughs> but, but it really minimizes the risk or the false claim that some other machinery types are prone to where it's kind of hard to call me and say, your machine scratched my car or dented my hood or something like that. You know, you're going to go back, good video system, roll the tape. No, it didn't happen, Sally. And then there's that other phobia that as this industry has learned over the past 30 years of having these unmanned sites and these 
in Bay Automatics that people have felt that maybe they're getting the car in front of their dirt or salt, you know, with the brushes. And it's not so because these manufacturers have come up with such good brush things. And I'm a huge fan that people need to apply friction to their car once in a while. They have to have a friction wash because you're adding on and you're adding on and the touchless automatic, you know, sometimes you have to cleanse it. (laughs) But for our market, and not being there, we've found that in-bay automatics are very convenient and our market appreciates them. That's not to say that if we decide to grow our businesses that we would be fortunate to introduce, you know, a soft touch system in. There are people that like soft touches, you know, but for us, we've found that to be minimizing on risk and kind of steering some bad misnomers that have arrived in our industry. So you, you've been involved in the Car Association of Pennsylvania. You want to tell us a little bit of that? So this has been a growing experience for my wife and I, you know, not being born and bred in the car wash industry, but just being people of a totally different career, but looking for a nice business, a, a nice investment. And, you know, just as, as we're having a conversation today, I like to share. I like to be helpful. I like to encourage others. And so the Car Wash Association of Pennsylvania, I joined up and then, you know, I got a call from, from the president and he was like, you know, can you help us out? You know, and I learned about what an association was for and, and many associations, especially the listening audience, everyone's going to have their opinion. You know, what does the Car Wash Association do for me? You know what? What can I do for the Car Wash Association? That's my thing. And like we led into a prior podcast that you and I performed, I took the initiative to start working with news personality, meteorologist, to give a shout out for a car wash, which benefits everyone. You know, we've kind of lost, I think every state has really lost their lobbying abilities to cut sales tax or, you know, do I fall into the labor category of service staff like a restaurant or am I a mechanic, you know, but at the end of the day, it's just great camaraderie. Like you and I just talking here, it's great to get together in some of the hosted events. It's great to be able to contribute. It's great to listen so that we can help others solve something in their community. And I got to give it back because I can't take it with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, you know, you've been, for a guy that hasn't been in the industry that long, you've certainly have immersed yourself in it. I think that's been, I really appreciate people that take it seriously, get involved in associations. You've helped out the Car Association of Pennsylvania. You've helped out the International Car Association and for being so young and in the industry. Let me give Atlantic a shout out. They called me last year for their annual meeting. I'd never been to West Virginia. I've been to now 44 states. I needed West Virginia to get to 44. But, you know, they invited me down for the night to speak at their fall meeting. And, you know, but I took away more of that than I think I contributed because just like any region, you and I have different environmental and and social impacts. You being in Colorado, me in Pennsylvania, we operate differently because of the territory. And to even think of Pennsylvania being, you know, 200 miles north of, of Maryland and West Virginia is you know, they're not faced with adverse of weather conditions as we are. 
but it, it's nice to listen to those folks on how, what are they doing? You know, what, what are they doing to, to work inside the change of weather? One guy did a really cool thing and it was, it was great. You know, a, a bank building, a classic colonial building went into foreclosure, if you could imagine that on a bank. And he converted it into an express car wash. You know, nice Corinthian columns out front that you drive through, you know, but it's like, wow, that's cool. We do a lot of things with architecture to draw in. And here's a guy that took a place, you know, on Main Street that was was failing in a community and turned it into something thriving. You know, and so it's nice to be immersed. I get very enthusiastic about it and, and I speak louder, but I'm learning and I'm listening as I'm also interacting with all of you veterans that have been doing this for, for a lot of years. And guess what? You know, you know, you sit back and, and you say, wow, you know, never thought of that, but it's working. My buddy, Jack Oakley is just like, when I first met you, we were working on that car wash. He's like, I didn't think you were going to be able to squeeze 10,000 washes out of that Hamlin location. And he goes, here you are doing 30,000 washes a year. And I'm two miles out of town on a highway at 45 miles an hour. He, he, goes, where, he goes, where do you come up with this? Where do you come up with, you know, calling the weather guy and saying, hey, why don't you throw out a good day for a car wash for us? You know, I don't know, because I, I, I guess I'm not schooled. I guess I'm not trained. I'm not, I'm not one of the, I'm not maybe one of the ones that were a protege to a guy like you or a guy like John Rausch or that has been immersed or has been around Sonny's for a long time. You know, I interact with my manufacturer and I, I provide them a lot of feedback, but I do enjoy from not only a standpoint of service to our community in the industry, you know, being involved with the, with the cap and lending my time to the ICA when asked, because it also makes me feel good that, that those organizations find that I'm bringing value. I'm just not a little bit of muscle as a volunteer to pack in boxes, you know? <laughs> no, that's good. No, I appreciate it. And everybody does appreciate it. So Dave, what advice would you give a new investor trying to get in the industry? Let me break that into two parts. For the new investor, follow your dreams, be practical about it. Don't think of a self-service or an NBA automatic site as a walk-away investment. Realize that you're the lifeblood of what you want to convey to the community and the consumer and the guest experience. And always, always provide an opportunity that's better than someone's driveway. For the veterans in this business, especially the guys that are in the self-serve, you know, in Bay Automatic and, and self-serve base, take some time to spruce up. It's really economical. Put some new hoses out. Pick up some stainless steel cleaner. People notice these things when they're driving by and subconsciously they just say, wow, something's different there. And sometimes that's all it takes for an existing site to kind of rejuvenate its curbside appeal. Fresh coat of paint. I think those are very good pieces of advice. Change the hoses. Have brand new blue hoses instead of sun-faded three-year-old hoses that are about ready to blow. You know, spend eight hours a week with your site and you'll notice the difference. You know, consumers care about those who care about their business. I agree. You know, and I used to change out hoses like every six months at our Exterior Express washes with different colors for that very reason. 
because it, it spruced up the visual of that car wash so much by having new hoses. Just something simple like that. It didn't cost a lot of money. Well, if people want to get a hold of you, Dave, what's the best way to get a hold of you if people want to ask you more questions? They can just lead their way to Facebook and uh, pretty easy. Just look up uh, Car Wash Hamlin Highway at Car Wash Hamlin Highway or at Car Wash Route 6, which is Car Wash RT6 on Facebook. Take a look at what we're doing. Feel free to shoot me, you know, a, a, a messenger uh, note. You know, I'm at their disposal. Perfect. Well, Dave, this has been great. I appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. Appreciate your energy and enthusiasm for the industry. And hopefully we'll see each other in person sometime here in the future if we can all get back together. No problem. So thank you for listening to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. You can get this podcast anywhere you get podcasts. You can go to the Car Wash Magazine site under the International Car Wash Association. We've got the podcast on the website. So for Dave Edwards and David Begin, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Car Wash the Podcast. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free, on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.